Hello, tribe. This podcast is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom based drinks that benefit our immunity, energy, longevity, and keeping us healthy and enhanced in our lives. Four Sigmatic makes a wide variety of blends, including mushroom coffee, mushroom elixir, hot cacao matcha and superfood blends. I believe strongly in this company. I've been taking Four Sigmatic and it has changed my life. I can't even begin to start my day without a cup of Four Sigmatic in front of me. Right before I meditate or I do anything from speaking engagements to traveling to doing healing on people or just going out in the world and sharing my immense love for this planet and for everyone on it. I feel lit times 1,000. It is literally shifting the energy in my being. I'm talking firing off those synapses, kicking my body into high gear by awakening those electrons, spinning those electrons, getting my body so on point with my focus, my creativity, and my energy. One of the products that I love the most is the Lion's Mane's Coffee. Lion's Mane promotes productivity and focus, and it was known by shamans and monks who take that into their body for meditation, focus, and clarity so they can really tune in to the energies and absorb the knowledge and information that is coming to them from the spirit world. And as you know, on Ancient Wisdom Today, we like to keep it lit all day every day. And how do we do that? By creating magic. And what is magic? Magic is turning up that energy, living our truth, honoring who we are, and doing what's right for us so that we can live a beautiful, powerful, easy, playful, fun, joyous, and just the most powerful life in this now time. So if you don't have Four Sigmatic on your shelf, in your bag, in your briefcase, on the airplane with you, right before you speak, whatever it is that you do, you have to get this. Even for your kids, for your teenagers, pop it in their in their bag before they go to school. This is the drink that literally makes you think. It is powerful and it is enriched with so many powerful mushrooms. And these adaptogens are literally changing the lives of people. And remember, I've talked to you many times before in the past about mushrooms and the networking system of mushrooms when it gets into your body and just really taking your body to a whole new level. So if you're interested in learning more about this amazing company, because I just really want you to know, Tribe, that everything I share with you, I share with you from my heart because I believe in it and I see what it has done for me and my life and all of my friends and family. Go to foursigmatic.com backslash shaman Durek, and you will get a discount code at your checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com backslash shaman Durek for your 15% off. I love you tribe. I love you so much. That is the reason why I choose sponsors that are in alignment and authenticity to what this tribe is about. Staying lit, staying focused, staying driven, and changing our planet. 
for the good. Love you. Enjoy the share. Bye. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years, and with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful tribe of powerful, powerful leaders who are here to forge the message of love here on earth forward and recognize the energy, the love, the transformation, the magic, everything inside of your being that is lit and excited to bring that self out into the world. That self inside of you that is you and that is wanting to merge completely into the oneness of your being. That beautiful essence of that power that is constantly, constantly showing up in all the ways of your life. When you see anything that happens miraculous, that's the power inside of you creating that, right? Because you're a walking, breathing God in flesh. You are a quantum creator, a magistrator of amazing energy on this planet. And everything you touch and everything you say illuminates, illuminates, illuminates. So I am so happy to have you here, Tribe. I love you so, 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 so much. You mean the world to me. And I'm so happy that we're on this planet together. We get to rock it together. We get to go out there in the world and shine our light as we are. We don't have to be anyone else. We have to be just exactly as we are. We don't have to change ourselves. We just love ourselves unconditionally. And in that love, that is how we evolve and become greater. I know you're really excited because we have an amazing show for you today, which is off the charts, I have a powerful sage mystic, Remington, here in the studio with me today. And let me tell you, okay, I don't know if you ever talked to a mystic or talked to a sage, the way their eyes look at you and the power that exudes from their being. I mean, you can imagine what it's like for me to be in the studio with this amazing man. He's got so much knowledge, so much wisdom, and so much energy and so much love to give to the tribe. And that's what it's about, right? Because he's showing up for us today to present to the tribe so that we can go higher, so that we can shift and lift ourselves to greater possibility. So I want to welcome you to the tribe, Remington. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's a tremendous honor. And just sitting here, I, we're in a hotel room in Mallorca in Spain. And um, just hanging out was is a huge pleasure and honor. And just the, the exchange and the energy, like I'm already like totally buzzing. So um yeah, it's it's a tremendous honor to be here. So thank you. So you are a, a mystic sage. You have amazing knowledge in numerology, astrology. I'm literally your stalker. I go to your <laughs> I go to your Instagram page and I'm like, oh my God, I love it here. If I could just like swap, make all your images on your Instagram and swap myself in a big blanket, I would be super, super happy. Um, I will work on that quilt. I will study quilting just to honor you with such a such a gift. Um, yeah, so I, I guess should I just get into a little bit of yeah, sort of the absolutely. techniques? And, um, you know, one thing, you know, I'm kind of known as, as a numerologist slash mystic, tarot, reader, master, expert. A lot of titles get thrown at me. And these are tools. These are very powerful opening tools that I use. But at the end of the day, it's it's not 
even the tool. You know, I, I love how you just go there and, and you tune in. But I've always had a tremendous affinity with sort of the the esoteric or what is often called the occult. And I know that word has a very nefarious reputation now, but what it really means is hidden wisdom. And, Not to this tribe. Okay. So um, my search and longing for hidden wisdom has just has been it's many incarnations of working with this. And uh, so numbers, these are just wonderful tools that I resonate with. So when I do, you know, I meet with people, I do a lot of private, a lot of one-on-ones, a lot of sessions, a lot more talking now and everything's been growing. But, um, you know, these these techniques, I've just been amazed how you can look at a couple of numbers. Just even your soul of an eight is just real simple. There it is, a healer. That's it. Like, why you don't even need to know anymore. Just move forward. Life force of the universe. But um, just to give the tribe an understanding of what he's talking about, when we first came in, before we started the podcast, um, he asked me, I told him I was Scorpio. And he asked me what my birth date was. And I said, 11, 17, 74. And so he said, number eight, which is funny because here's an interesting thing that most people don't know, is that the number eight in shamanism, which they call the infinity symbol, is known as a shamanic key for healing. And so whenever you draw, so whatever, so in shamanism, we practice this technique where we take our hands and we draw the eight and we go into a trance by doing this. We close our eyes and we just keep drawing the eight over and over and over with our hands in the air, moving this energy, or we do it, you know, on an ocean and stuff like that. And what it does is it opens up a portal of energy that we can actually draw in. And actually, if you want to practice that, everyone, you can just take your fingers and breathe and visualize electric blue energy and draw the eight and then say, activate. And then you can pull energies. You can say, pull this type of energy into my being or pull this type of energy in my being. And always make sure you say, so I can feel it. Because the spirits, um, you have to remember your physical form and spirits are not in physical form. So when you say, so I can feel it, the spirits move through all your synthesis. But that's so that is pretty powerful in itself that it actually means healer in numerology. Well, yeah. And the that life force of the, the universe, I love like kind of my favorite thing is how these traditions, it all just lines up. We're mm-hmm. all speaking. Not only are we speaking the same truth, but you start to get into astrology, the numerology. And then I look at other systems and I utilize a lot of what's known as mystical Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And I had the honor to be trained and I was taught and I was a part of an oral tradition where it's just, it's a um, legacy that's just handed down orally. And I... um that's what I utilize. And with that Kabbalah, it's just all what, what is considered a magician is the spiritual practitioner of whatever spiritual tradition that is. So to me, you're, you're a magician. You may say shaman or, or healer, but that's that. Don't ultimately give away is, my secrets. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> listeners. Um, don't give away but, my secrets. But that system. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, but it, I'm very open. Uh, clearly, I've, I've seen your Instagram <laughs> um, and I've heard you. Um, but, uh, you know, that. That eight, it's the fundamental principle is there's no coincidence. So, you you know, when you can use a little astrology, a little numerology, and I love tarot. And tarot, I had the honor to be taught tarot as a, a spiritual path, as an unfolding, as a sacred book of spiritual teachings that unfold, that look at your soul, that are able to distinguish you from your illusion in your head and your reality. 
you know, and I, I'm sure you can attest to this is, um, you know, so much of the work that I do is just helping others see the reality of who they are and kind of that awesomeness and a, and a, and a tendency of greatness. And what are the little things that maybe get in the way? And it's so profound to me that a couple of numbers or the astrology or the tarot just shows that it clears it out. And uh, there's something that just shifts. You know, it's like we already have this inherent connection to spirit, to God. We already, it already exists. And then we create these illusions, whether it's society, upbringing, you know, these exterior things, and then it turns into things that we tell ourselves and these lies. You know, in the magical tradition, that's essentially what the devil is, is those those things that restrict us, our own self-imposed restrictions that disconnect us from spirit, whatever it is. You know, sometimes it could be a little thing like, hey, I eat way too many French fries, maybe it's not the best thing for my health or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the devil, the devil made you eat those fries. Yes, but the sort devil of. made me do it, or we justify it. You know, I was just talking about this the other night, just how people are so strong on some on a spiritual path, and what I mean by spirituality is just the evolution of your soul and applying that to a greater expansion of your life. You know, it's not always about oh, you got to sit on a mountaintop. It's just you know, I had a profound spiritual experience the other day when I learned on a gas tank or on a, on a dashboard in a car, there's a little picture of a gas tank with an arrow. And that arrow tells me what side the uh, gas tank is on. I car. figured that one out just like a couple months ago. And my, my life shifted. And I was like, wait a minute, how, that's a spiritual experience. Because now when I rent a car or I borrow a car or something, I, I'm, my whole life, I've, since I've been driving, I'm like, where is it? Me where too. did it go? Same. And so just look at those things. You know, I think I love that, that so much what we're trying to do as is just that expansion. Now I, I have like an easier life, like that little thing. As much as meditating into, um, you know, into the ethers and getting transmissions and downloads. Yes, I love what you're saying. Actually, I'm so empowered by what you're saying. I'm lit right now because. Literally, a lot of people think that spirituality is like meditation, yoga, and doing all of these different things. And I'm like, spirituality could be just as simple as you choosing exactly what you said, to just awaken something that makes your life easier. Just awakening something that makes your life easier. That's That's got to be, be the book or one of the books because... Um, that's the book you should write. Yeah, I, there's a saying I love, if it ain't spiritual, it ain't practical. Like if you don't, uh, or if it ain't practical, it ain't spiritual. If you're not just putting it into practice and, and using it, you know, things become just a philosophy. So I know like with all of my work, and I love just the, the one-on-ones and the shifts that I see and and the feedback of like just one little course or direction where, you know, I may not tell someone, hey, you should quit your job. I'll say, hey, this is, you have tremendous talents in this area and so much of your numbers and your charts, everything points to you have such a love and an affinity for, you know, let's say nutrition or something and and how that may manifest itself to then create something where somebody's of service. And then I get feedback where people, it's like gives them the confidence to move forward and when and that's that expansion sometimes it's as great as i've had it where it's like oh my god i did this i actually went to in this case it was new orleans to go 
get a job, which I wasn't sure about. Then I met my husband. Then I had a career that blew up. And, you know, some it all started with that first step and that first action and that open-mindedness and that possibility and just guiding. That's why I love as I start to get more familiar with your work, even like my five seconds of meeting you in person and just hugging in the restaurant, I'm just like, all right, I feel totally open. I'll see you later. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to move on and go kick some awesomeness and some great butt in my life. And I think that's what it comes down to is just making that shift. I agree. I agree. I think that little moments are so important. That's why I spend a lot of my time acknowledging like when you first came the reason why i was late was because i was in the restaurant and there was this french woman next to me with her daughter and i said look you know i noticed that there was a lot of stuff going on with her so we started talking and then i said you know my ancestors were like why don't we do some work on her because she has blockages and they're not going to get resolved if we don't go in and give her some shamanic works so i said would you be open to me doing some shamanic work in the restaurant and she started working on her and she was like crying and everyone the waiters and everyone just kind of gave us space and You know, it's like little moments like that. It's like you're living your life and you just live it as you need to live it. You know, if uh, if you see a homeless person on the street and you're just like, that person needs some uh, Reiki. If you're a Reiki healer, just like give them some Reiki. Say, hey, would you be open to me doing some healing work on you? You know, it's like we have to... We have to engage with life, I think. You know, for me, it's about engaging. I look at nature and I look at how everything is engaging. And then I look at humans and I look at how they're afraid to engage. And I think the real magic happens when we literally let go of that wall or that fear of not engaging and really coming into that beautiful essence of simplicity and the nature of being a human being and connecting with another organic being and another energy form or, you know, anything. And it's just, oh, so good. Um, yes. And uh, what, I'm, what I'm gonna add to that is what I love is that um, from... You know, I come from a tradition, a hermetic, magic, uh, sort of Western mystery school. I also did grow up on an ashram with um, somebody named Swami Satchidananda, who is a very high teacher, who is really the person responsible for bringing in the United States, really getting yoga out there. I, I really attribute him to the reason you can go buy a yoga mat at Target or Walmart in, in LA, probably at 7-Eleven. But um, the... Uh, the shift in the concept of magic is about finding something called your will. And that will is really divine will, that purpose. Your, you know, life coaches might call it your destiny. That's a word we hear a lot. But whatever word you want to use, it, what it is is when we come into that, as we get closer and closer and we open that up, the reality is, is we're supposed to have a world and a planet that is full of that harmony and that is a planet of people helping each other. And when everybody is in that, that alignment of just them and that they're that open, love is the law. That's the teaching. And when mm. we're that open to love, just the way you said where there's this organic chemistry and there's a flow, this is the cosmic harmony of the universe. This is what we're striving for. And we are incarnated into this realm on planet Earth where that disconnect is is apparent and it's here and i know things are shifting big time and um you know even it's it's profound to me and yes i've been in this work 
literally my entire life to see it as a child just even on mainstream in america you know even some of even my work now like things are going kind of more what i would call mainstream and i've had opportunities but it tells me that there's a longing for that uh, that that organic flow, that natural process. If we do the work and if we just help others remove those blocks, we don't have to have a world of, of suffering. You know, we don't have to have, like people can open up the love that they want is here and we're here to just give it. So, you know, all the, everyone listening, just, just kind of open your arms up. And, and a lot of people don't think they're worthy enough. You know, those those were some of my struggles. Those are my some of my personal things that I overcame. And as I just sort of came out of the closet as a mystic and really opened that up and and where it's all shifted, like I never thought this was a job. Like it's not like I even think of it as a job, but this work also supports me. And it's just like I go to bed at night thinking, all right, what is the energy that I'm gonna put forth to the world that creates that? love really it comes down to love and it's not even like oh we gotta like every person and hug every person but you know there's a teaching too that whoever you are and especially when you tap into a spiritual practice you never know who's gonna just cross your path that somehow whether it's your energy field whether it's a conversation whether it's literally doing helping a woman from france and a healing in a restaurant in spain make that shift sometimes your presence just especially as a meditator as someone on some sort of spiritual tradition dharma that presence can alter us one word can alter somebody's destiny and open open them up and and you never know how someone being exposed to you to me where it triggers something and then they go and they find the thing that's their thing that they they come into their what we would call your true will which is so in alignment it's just cosmic harmony i love it and um in my uh we have in my past life when i was a uh, amen ra and pharaoh we have this word in egyptian ka and it's like Ka, you know, and the, the Ka energy is this life force. It's so powerful that it's what actually moves you to these higher places. So whenever I'm doing healing on someone, I'll, I'll invoke my other lifetimes where I've lived. Um, if it was when me, when I was the Oracle of Delphi or when I was the uh, Almond Ra or when I was this woman who was the concubine in, uh, to the emperor in China, um, I'll pull different energies from different places, but the Ka energy is really strong. And that's literally what, you know, propels me to do everything that I do. And it, and I bring the Ka through the essence of love. So that way, every, if I'm in an Uber, if I'm talking to someone at the restaurant, if I'm wherever I'm at, I'm making a love connection with them. I'm having a central connection, but I'm also having a will connection of, of love and power. And it's... um. So I love what you're saying. We literally use the same word. The cobs is in the ku and the ku is in the cobs. Meaning the ku that is in Hawaiian culture. We have that as well. Oh, this is from magical Western, like hermetic. We pull a lot out of ancient Egypt. A lot of the teachings have gone underground for for reasons of persecution and things like that. Some have evolved and some have had to try to reconstruct it and mm -hmm. put it together. But it's that's exactly that saying that Ka is that God, that God energy, that God force, and it's not outside of us. 
and the teaching that's with within us and, and as we go within. So, you know, I, I always I want to expound on that a little bit. Please. Um, because I really want you to say that again, because I really need people to hear it in the world that it's not outside of us. You know, because you know, literally when I was a kid, I remember people always thinking that God was outside of them, watching them from some cloud or from some place. And that every time they did something, they felt distant from God because they felt like God was outside of them in some other universe, in some other place, watching them instead of realizing that it's within. So if you can just say that again. Yes. That, that cause, that, for us, it represented this, um, this God force. But yeah, it's completely within. In us, the idea that there's some sort of like anthropomorphized external deity that we just have to bow down to and worship that's the consciousness that we're shifting out of. In our tradition, we talk about what's called the uh, age of Osiris or the Piscean age. Mm. And Osiris in ancient e- Egypt, I mean, it's still, it's, it's, it's very beautiful. And that is the it's a sacrificed God. But what that means is it's a lesson for us that when we finally resolve our ego, which is often the fear, we what is the devil, right? The devil is when we have demonized and projected something evil to our own growth because of our own fear that we project. And those are the things that hold us five? back. Can I get so, yes. Okay. And okay. I'm astral hugging you right now. <laughs> this whole time, it, really. But, you know, please, everybody, just it it is within the fir- one of the first teachings too uh, with magic is just and in so many traditions is know thyself and it, it's not necessarily oh, let me know all my neuroses and this and that like let me get into that core and when you tap in it's an inside job and and so much you know I can just share on a, on a practical note so much of the things even that I had been sorting out and my personal sort of you know downfalls and the issues and the things that I've struggled with. With and the suicidal depression and those shifts, when I have really found that center and that God, and not only do you go within, you'll be amazed how once you tap in, you just share it. It's it's free. God is free. I mean, it takes just takes work. Meaning, put attention and and tap into it. But um, yes, we can't stress enough. You don't have to try to look outside of yourself. The only thing judging you is yourself. Mm-hmm. That's your biggest, worst judge. You know, we're all sort of, uh, you know, writing books that nobody is reading and we're putting on shows nobody's watching and it's all in our head. And, um, you know, it. and sometimes you just have to check it. Sometimes that awareness is like, wait a minute, I'm just tripping out on something. And that's what I utilize. Like tarot, I love because it's like, I'll, I'll have a client or I do it for myself and I'm, oh, they're tripping out about some idea in their head about maybe they should, is something is like, maybe I should get a promotion at my job because I am worthy of earning and making that much more money to expand my life. And their head is telling them, no, I'm not good enough. I don't have the credentials. I shouldn't do it. Doubt is the eraser. And when we learn um, to overcome that doubt, that's one of the biggest teachings in magic. And I keep pulling the hermit card. And there's a spiritual teaching in that card. And I had a dream about it. And then, of course, the next day I pull it. My, I have an Instagram where I pull a, a card every day. I give a little lesson, just it, what that card means for that day. But I keep getting these Virgo energy cards, which is the hermit. Even if you don't know what all that is, what it is are lessons in 
completely taming and letting go of that self-doubt and being so authentically pure that that confidence comes through that you just guide yourself with your inner light. That is the lamp that you hold, and that's what you start to share with the world. And when you do that, you are of the highest service. By being you being you, things will not only... The, there's a saying in magic, too, that the inertia of the universe will work in your favor. You'll be amazed by you being you and that authentic level, bringing that God within us. It just comes out. You share it. You sh- we all shift lives. I, I agree 100%. I, you know, I love... First of all, I love Led Zeppelin with the with the lantern and the image of the hermit. <laughs> Sorry, okay. because everyone hey, knows I'm so rock and roll. Top favorite bands. <laughs> we could get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So, but the thing is, is that you know, in shamanism, we have this belief that um, every time you open your mouth, you're creating magic. So you're either creating or you're destroying. And every time you think, you're either creating or destroying. And so, so one of the teachings is that for seven years of your training in shamanism, it's about learning how your language language and the language of others is coming back at you because if the language of others is coming back at you in some derogatory rude obnoxious and like really just uncomfortable way that's because you're you're dreaming these people into form and so we ask yourself what kind of dream are you having dude uh, keep going <laughs> i gotta add to this add to it right now oh okay so the word in magic is the even in i i am a teacher of kundalini yoga and the the word is the most powerful uh aspects of this sort of new incarnation of humanity, the Aquarian Age, as some people call it. But so many traditions know know that there's a shift in consciousness happening now. But I've been teaching this whole year that we're in what's called an 11 year. And 11 is the sound current. You're at least a double 11 off the top of my head because 74, your gift is 11. That's the sound current. That means the power of your word creates your reality. And But this is for all of us. And the fact that it's 11 year, regardless if you have an 11 or not in your numerology, means that through our word, we can create so much. And again, be mindful because through our word, we create we can create a lot of negativity. I think we've all heard stories of people, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I hate going, I, I saw it I, I, where it was one person that I knew every year, like before school started, they were in like grad school and it was exhausting to them. They were always like, oh, I, oh, I hate it so much. I can't handle it. They're always saying it. And then what happens? They get into like an accident or an injury, something that would hold them back or, mm-hmm. or people that are like, oh, I'm so tired of having kids even if they're saying it in kind of like a jokey you know they like clearly love their kids and then some sort of ovarian cancer manifest this i'm just saying these are personal things no 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 i so, 100 agree, uh, agree with it because you know i've seen a lot of people curse themselves financially into financial ruin to health i've seen uh people uh you know i had one friend of a friend who actually said when they were coming out of a bar one night in venice in california saying that like you know uh I pretty much, I'm good. I'm good with life. You know, if I died today, I'd be fine. You know, I mean, and then everyone's like, stop saying that. And he's like, I, I, I should die today, you know? And then they went to the beach and climbed up on one of those, what do you call it? Those uh, lifeguard chair uh, places, you know? And the thing was wet from the water, from the dew. And he slipped and he fell off and he broke his neck and he died instantly. And I've seen people literally like, take something that's so beautiful and so amazing and speak into it. You know, I call, we call it in shamanism, speaking into existence. And we really take sound and word. That's why 
in a lot of shamanic tribes, we use music and we dance and we sing and we chant. And we, we, when we're talking to someone, we chant over their bodies or we say certain things to their liver. Like we'll say to the heart, grow, you know, or expand, luminate, you know, um, or we'll, we'll, we'll move energies out of their stomach. We're like, move the energy out of your stomach and, you know, or move the energies from in the back. And immediately, because we're so, the way we're trained as, as, as kids into becoming our teenagers, Teenage years, we're trained how to understand code. And code are inside of words and languaging and in the body. So we think the body is made up of sound and energy and frequency. And each frequency has a certain code that can merge with other frequencies. But if there is imbalanced frequencies, like dense frequencies and so forth, they can get lodged in the system. And so a lot of times people don't realize that if you have pain in your body and you just focus on that pain and say, what's the sound of that pain sound like? And we make the sound of that pain out of the mouth, it actually alleviates the pain in your body because it's just trap sound. And it's interesting what you're saying because it's so important. Like when I lived in Israel for three years, you know, I got really, uh, when I first got there, I was, you know, I was just kind of getting my, my feet and just kind of grounding myself in and like work and just like working and making barekas and Malabi and lemonada with my family's friend and stuff like that. And then I started, you know, getting more involved in like the religious side and everything. And I started getting really into the Torah and the Talmud and like going to synagogue and having the Shabbat and keeping the holy days and all of these things. And then, and then a friend of mine um, from Jerusalem was like, oh, you know, you, I want to teach you about the Aleph, and, um, which is the first letter in the alphabet. And so he was like, it has no sound. It's the sound of the breath. It's like, <sighs> and so I spent like years practicing what type of energy is in that frequency, what type of energy is in that frequency. So when I started working on people's body, I would whisper over their body with a breath, like, move energy. And all of a sudden, they would start shaking, you know? Uh, okay, I'm like, I can't, the grin is like off the wall right now, but... Um, and I want you to go so, deep too, because this tribe well, can I'm get... any, you can say anything you want on my show. Okay, great. Um, so that Hebrew letter, and that's something that we utilize um, in, well, certainly in Kabbalah, which is not a specifically Jewish thing. A lot of people think it's per se Jewish, but it's, it's the spirituality. And sometimes religions come out of that. But with all of the magical work with the tarot, so we have we pronounce it just in my tradition. We say Aleph, and I know like speaking actual Hebrew the way you said it. Um, how did you say it? The Aleph. Yeah. Um, so it's the same, different cultural, slightly different interpretations, but it's A L E P H in the English language is how you'd spell it. And uh, first off, by the way, that has a numerical value, the spelling of 111. So if you notice those words around, know that you're tapping into that energy. But what it ties into is every Hebrew letter ties into a major arcana tarot card, which is like the star card, the hermit card that Led Zeppelin utilizes. And that letter, Aleph, is the fool card. Now, exactly what you are saying is that the fool are these lessons of, uh, it's the, the zero number of the tarot. It's zero. Zero is something called the shunya state. And that is this pure, silent state and where there is literally no separation. There is nothing that exists. There's nothing that gets in the way of 
the existence of sort of this non-existence of God, but it really is this just ultimate connection to God and to spirit. That's what the fool really is. I, you know, I see a lot of interpretations where they'll say, oh, the fool card is uh, about taking a chance or a risk and sort of a leap of faith. The fool has no faith because the fool has no concept of the idea that there's anything to that is separate. Like there's no disconnect and that full energy. So when you see the number zero, when you see 111, just know. And and that letter, the Aleph, which looks sort of like a little X almost, and it's the swirling. It's the first spark of manifestation of God. And that is a tremendously powerful energy. And when we're dealing with the fool, there is, it is so much purity and so much power. And I am just beyond in love that you were learning that. And it just ties in and you can use the, in your shamanic work. It's, it's just, like I said earlier, like connecting with people and quote unquote, different traditions. And then you're like, Oh yeah, we're uh, doing, doing it. the the same thing in those teachings, but that's a very powerful teaching in magic. And I even utilize it in Kundalini yoga. That's that Shunya state. And by purity too, just means that for everybody, you know, I'll say the word purity and people think, Oh, I got to go be like a God fearing pilgrim uh, (laughs) kind of thing. And uh, I better not, you know, I'm like a failure. And then we create all this. Yeah. We don't want that. God, imagine if you could actually just be you and be empowered with that. So much will work out. And that's that Shunia How pure, is that? quiet state, but also learning our words. In this eon, in, in the magical traditions called the Eon of Horus, and this, the sound, um, the secret teaching is there's a child, Hippocrates, in ancient Egypt, and he is the... Uh, he makes something called the sign of silence. And you'll find pictures, and he sits in a little egg hermetically sealed, completely protected. And that is also the energy of this new consciousness, meaning that now this where we had prophets before, where we looked to outside teachers always, that only a high holy man, usually in a beard, is like the only conduit to God or a priest or whatever. You're, so many spiritual traditions. But now it's called the crowned and conquering child. We are now reborn and we are new, and that the new quote-unquote Messiah is each individual's connection to God. And through that Shunia state, that zero state, the Aleph, that purity, and then going back to the word, this is a time, so use your words, but sound current, you know, in, in our my Kundalini tradition, it's uh, mantra, and we use mantras. And I've been amazed how I've even, I'll play one on my phone because I can't like buying a new car, for example, where I can't be there chanting, you know, at the car dealership. I mean, I guess I could, it's LA, probably people would be like, all right, but um, <laughs> there's a mantra that is used for negotiations and I needed, I really wanted a certain deal on a car and I really didn't want to put money down and, and the timing, I didn't know if it would happen. I just went in, prayed a little, kept the, that mantra sound energy going. And I just, I had a beautiful experience buying a car, became really friendly with everybody there. And the way I would really wanted it to work out, it worked out and, and I'm grateful for my car. And you know, it all ties in. So as much as we're talking about clearing all these blocks, sometimes we just use this stuff that getting that new car opened my world tremendously. 
So um, I love the idea of mantras. In shamanism, we believe that any any sound that you make, if you repeat that sound over and over and over and over, it unlocks a frequency in the outer um, planes of consciousness, which that are basically you have you know you have your energy like your subtle energy, and then you have your terradial field, and then you have your outer field, which is basically there's doorways in your outer field. But most people don't see those doorways because they're trapped in a construct of thought and reality that they've created or accepted by either their elders or their authority figures. So they kind of feel like this is the construct, this is what I have to follow. But the moment you begin to move outside of that construct, you actually go in into that, that, that realm of where everything is like a void. And usually when people astro, um, which I'll be doing in, the, in other episodes, but when people go through like out-of-body experiences and so forth, they'll hear this high-pitched, like intense rushing sounds and weird sounds that sounds like all kinds of monsters and whatnot. But it's, it's really just the collective of people's thoughts and energies and emotions all in this field. And when you get past that field, there's these doors and these doorways lead their stargates and they lead to different dimensions. And so... When you there's different powers that exist throughout the um, through the universe and also planetary powers that exist here based on what each person believes is possible and collectively has shared. So when you make sounds like mantras and so forth, like I for myself, I create my own mantra. So what I do is I sit down, I have the elders in front of me, and I create. I ask for like, okay, if I want to unlock a par- prosperity in my life, what sound tones do I need to make uh, that I need to utter in a in a sequence that will actually unlock that. That key to keeping that doorway open. So what happens is every time you make a sound or you have, that's why people love to dance and go to music and they're influenced by music on earth is because they're literally opening up pockets of um, information and light codes. And these light codes unlock certain things. So depending upon what the sound is, and if you add a word into it, then you're adding another level of code. And the word has a code as well too, that, un- that brings energy on top of that, of that other code. So if you add word and sound with it, then it creates something as well too. And so I always engage people to really understand that like, you know, when you're, when you're chanting to like Ganesh or to Shiva or to, you know, anything, it's not our Lakshmi or Durga. It's not that you're, you're chanting to that deity. You're chanting to the energy gate where that, that deity's energy is. And the energy gate is the knowledge that exists, that makes up that, that we put the deity into form, but the, what's really there is the essence of power, of magic that's hidden in that gateway. So when you open up those chants, you're actually opening up these gateways and calling that energy into the physical world. And what, I, what I'd like to see people do more of is realize that every time you open your mouth, every time you say something, Thing, you're opening up some doorway in that outer field. And so what doorway are you really opening? I love how you put that. And I, I love it is it is a key and it really unlocks. And what's great about it is uh, they can do a lot of the work yeah. for you. <laughs> it, you'll be amazed. Everyone listening, I've been amazed just even whether it English, whatever language you speak, just those things that you say when for things to open up in your life, but utilizing different mantras. And I know a lot of the ancient Hebrew, Hebrew and then I utilize mantras from the Kundalini Yoga tradition. I, I think that is what I know, and that's where I've been authentically trained and have merged in. But it opens up those portals. And you, you did touch on something 
it's a very important teaching in magic going into the astral realms is there is this layer of that clutter of just there are uh, lots of astral entities just <laughs> putzing around <laughs> doing their thing and it's good for people to know sometimes to ha- have some discernment just because you meet that <laughs> I like you said it was like noise and clutter and all those sounds oh, I talk to them I ask them questions I interrogate everything they uh I love that I love that well you have that that projection and that force and the, uh, you know, sometimes we engage with things that don't necessarily have our best interest in mind. So I deal with a lot of people where, oh my God, I had this meditation and this, you know, ninth angel degree image with a frog oh nose and a, and a oh bunny God, you're, rabbit you're rainbow, dolphin something. Speak on it. And you have to realize that just because it's in the astral doesn't mean it has your best interest in mind and that you have to cut through Can I that have a high bullshit. Five? I need a high five. You have okay. to cut through it because it'll lead you in in weird places. And it may not be incredibly destructive, but it, it, you have to know just because it comes to you in a flash, it, it doesn't always have your best interest. It can be a destructive. You know, I've had I've come across people like I'm talking about I was in Ibiza and there was this guy and I was working on him and he was like, Oh, I don't need work. There's a spirit that guides me. And then I I asked my ancestors, I'm like, show me full spectrum. And I was like, that spirit that's that's there, I had saw these black tentacles going through his spine, and like the spirit had a, uh, its body above it. it, looked like almost cockroach legs going into his chest, and it had these really crazy looking eyes. And I was like, that spirit's not from the light just to let you know. And then I started in tear because I, I do this thing called loving interrogation. I believe that anytime you interface with any spirit, even if it's an angel, even if it's something, I don't care what it is. Even when I go in the astral plane and there's these people walking around the city in the astral plane because there's a city in the astral plane. And I'll be asking people like, do you have a physical body? Are, do, are you a spirit that hasn't made your decision about things? Are you a confused spirit? Do you have knowledge? I'm looking for a doctor who can help me with this client that I'm working on who has this illness. Can you lead me to their direction where are they at in the spirit world and they'll be like oh there you have to transport yourself here and they'll give me like the coordinates and i open up a stargate and beam myself there but literally some spirits like don't have the information they're like no i'm a spirit that has gone through a lot of turmoil and leave me alone you know and so it's like people don't realize that when you're on the physical plane some of these spirits that's why when people take like plant medicines like ayahuasca and like frog medicine sapo combo you know all these different medicines it's always important to make sure that you're dealing with a shaman who is operating from a place that has been trained and knowledgeable and has history. Like one time I was in Ibiza and this person's like, yeah, I'm a shaman. I give plant medicine. I'm like, how long have you been shaman? How long have you been you know, training as a shaman? He's like seven years. I'm like, you're a baby. Are you kidding me? It takes 15 years for someone in the in the, to, you know, for like Black Elk would talk about, you know, it takes 15 years to train in just fall, watching the grandfather and grandmother stones in a Tamascal. 15 years of manning a fire. You're not even doing the ritual in the in the Tamaskal. You're just manning a fire for 15 years. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know when 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 you're a shaman, when you're taking these paths, like even with you, my love, you know, we're devotional to who we are and what we do. And there's a lot of cuckoo birds out there. Devotion is such a beautiful word and something, it's funny, I was just having this conversation with one of my uh kind of big like kundalini teacher her name is Tej she's you know Tej yeah so you know yeah her. But, uh, and, does Rama in uh, Los Angeles yes yeah. Tej if you're in LA check her out T-E-J and say it like you're smiling or she'll be mad at you <laughs> and um <laughs> 
But we were having a similar conversation, but we were talking, it's, you know, it comes down to that devotion and that love. And nowadays, people, this 11 current, not only is it sound, it's this infinite flow of, of, the, of the infinite. So it's like infinity times infinity coming through. And this is where we've seen higher profile drug overdoses, suicides. If it's happening in this sort of celebrity world that we hear about in the news, it's happening to everybody else. And so, you can fill your cup, but what are you filling it with? And oh, what did you say that? Uh, oh, I wanted to backtrack really quick because it was uh, crazy that cockroach entity in Kundalini tradition, the teaching is if you use this for what would be considered black magic to control other people's wills, to just gain things for your ego, you reincarnate as a cockroach. And so that entity has that that black magic quality, and uh, being just stay focused on that divinity, and it'll come through. And, and you know, as you start down your path too, the teachers, there's really powerful, amazing teachers out there. They're going to show up in your life, and you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears, and you know, in a way, be safe because. Uh, um, there's so much like it's just like you wouldn't necessarily take advice from every single person on the street you know <laughs> especially living in Los Angeles like you don't listen to them but going into those realms people are becoming more and more sensitive and i really try to encourage people to to be fine with that i'm sure you hear it a lot where people are like oh i'm just an empath i get so bogged down other people's vibes biggest lesson i learned is okay i can let go i don't take it personally and I pour out all of that love. And with that, I don't get I don't get bogged down. You know, I don't it doesn't get to me. Yeah, I put up shamanic force field. So I'm I'm more about using energy frequency to create an energy field around me that I program through consciousness. And then, you know, for me, I you know, because I pick up on a lot of people's energies, what my what I just do is I don't get nosy too. So if even if I'm not having my force field, I just don't be. I'm not nosy in people's energies. You know, a lot of times people are nosy in people's energies. They want to know like, why is that person acting that way? Why is that person being that way? Oh my god, those people have bad vibes. Like I don't care. Like I'm focused on the energy of love. I'm keeping my my attention. Some people are always like, oh, I'm creating an intention. I'm like, no, you create an attention. My attention is on love. My attention is on joy. My attention is on sensuality. My attention is on connection. My attention is on playfulness. My attention is on art and beauty and romance and all of these beautiful energies. So there's, if someone is, is displaying that kind of energy, I'm not going to keep my attention there that long because I'm going to bring my attention to the qualities of love that I see in that person and the qualities of joy and the qualities of sensuality because that's what I'm, that's who I'm dancing with. That's who I enjoy dancing with. I don't, I don't need to dance with, you know, like people's fear and like sadness and worry and like anger and, you know, all these different things. I'll dance with it only if I need to transmute it. Because if I'm going to dance with it, then I'm going to engage it with full light, love, responsibility, which is the ability to respond with love. And I'm going to respond with love and hold that space and ground into that space to open up an anchor of a vortex so that that energy that was there now gets dispersed back into light. But I don't go into reaction with any of those other types of energies. That's so key. It's, we can't react. When Once you react, you're already on on a, a downstream and that energy field has that much control over you. So always respond to situations, never react. And you did make a great point. And within 
magic and within Kundalini, there are tools. You know, I, I do. I'm trained in specific tools. Even going into the astral realms or when I have made connections, when I do a session with somebody, I never advertise that I can communicate with people on the other side, with the, the dead, quote unquote. Here and there, it'll just it'll come up, and sometimes those souls will reach out to me, and I'll help them get to the other side. Mm-hmm. But I will have to say, like I I have legitimate training through techniques, literally my entire life, and then with in the magical tradition since I was a teenager, and I'm in my forties now, and um, you know, so again, it, it is a, I do it safely, I do it authentically i do it in the right way and it is that devotion because i've literally dedicated my life and i like that analogy about just the fire you know students of pythagoras even had to take a vow of silence for five years before they could even study and a lot of magical traditions go silent um like they won't even expose themselves or open up to the world for seven years if they even choose to and then it'll just be like okay Whoever's ready is, will show up. And that's what I did. Um, so know that, but you know, again, I'm I'm sure you like teach your techniques. I've been teaching a lot more, and you know, we have our quote unquote mm-hmm. different traditions and different techniques, but it's so much the same techniques. Of course. But you know, so if you're someone out there who's very sensitive and listening to this and then opening up and channeling all this stuff. You know, I, I urge you to learn to do it right. And and again, those those teachers will show up. Sometimes just a little energy to put direction that things start appearing. They do. In, in your life. They do. And, you know, it's always important. Like one time I was in uh, Carmel and a friend of mine, my friend Katie, she was like, oh, let's go to this psychic uh, tarot card reading. Or there was like, you know, we were at this bookstore and they showed there was a psychic fair. And so... We went and then this woman saw me and she's like, oh my God, Sean and Derek, it's lovely to have you here. We didn't know you were going to be in town. I was like, I had no idea you were going to be here. It's like, she's like, oh, I'm running this whole event. I go, that's great. She's like, I want to take you to one of our greatest readers. So I was like, okay, sat down at the table and the woman started pulling cards out. And immediately I just put my hands on the cards and I was like, stop. And she's like, excuse me. I'm like, you're not a tarot card reader. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I, I've come from a long lineage of shamans and and miss and and my family and my grandmother um as far as far as like you know divination and, and shamanism is very important and when you're doing this I can feel your energy already and I can tell you that you're going to read from a book and she's like well I only read for the book to get references I said yeah and I can also see that you've done this in a very short amount of time. And I just want to let you know you're greater than that and you're more powerful than that. And that you should, if you really want to be a tarot card reader, you should learn the art of divination. Learn to divinate smoke, learn to divinate, you know, all of these different things. Okay, you got to high five me on that. Because, <laughs> can I add yes, something? Yes, of course. The, um, well, I don't want to break your flow there. Break that, it, when random. I, so I teach tarot. First thing I teach is you can't look it up in a book. I I will not allow that to anybody who studies tarot with me. That's how I was taught because that you're never going to get the answers. The things that I see in the tarot, tarot cards in themselves are pieces of cardboard. Okay? Like that's that's what they are. Yes, I respect it because I use it as a sacred tool, but at the end of the day, it's a piece of cardboard that doesn't mean anything. And the book, even though I I own many books on tarot, I own many decks because I you know, there's one part of me that utilizes as a hobby and there's these spiritual concepts, but a, a real reader it isn't going 
to do that because and any of you that are are that are tarot readers listening or any of you that that utilize in it allow it to be a trigger of an intuitive response and you will see how much more you're capable of opening up to and and just like you said she didn't have the confidence of how open she could be to just read exactly and it kind of comes down to everything we were talking about in the beginning is that confidence i mean i do readings literally that's my job and from years ago, even though I've been working with this forever, I got my first tarot deck as a three-year-old as a gift from my mother who got it uh, as a tip. But she was waiting tables. My parents were opening a, a, a yoga center in Berkeley in the early 70s. And these people didn't have enough money for a tip. At a, it was a vegetarian restaurant she was working at. And they gave her this deck. And it's been in, well, it's really been in my life since I was an infant. But when I was three is when I first remember actually playing with them. So it just goes in your psyche. But, and I didn't have a book for many years, but people like have the confidence that you can just tap into that. And whatever sort of divination tool you use, you know, I utilize tarot because I've been around it and I like it. You know, tarot runes. I do something called geomancy, which is also known as African sand divination, where you actually utilize some earth energies and you just get little dot figures. But when you like read into just the energy frequency that that holds, or I Ching is something I really love too. I, it, you tr- please trust yourself that that will open up and things will start coming to you. And you're going to look back and say, I had no idea that I knew that. Yeah, my I didn't favorite. know it was so easy. My favorite. I love divination. I love smoke. My favorite one is smoke divination and water divination where you take a bowl of water and you pour, you can put dirt or you can put cinnamon in it and let it hit the bottom. And then you ask the question, you swirl, you swirl the water around with your hand as you're asking the question and you stop. And then you look at the bottom where it make, when it finally gets to the bottom and you look at what image it gives you and you can read from the image. I will be doing that later. And then, that's cool with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is the smoke. The smoke, when you take like an incense and you burn it and you have the smoke, you ask the question and the smoke makes a figure. And my favorite one is Turkish coffee reading. I'm a master Turkish coffee reader. So I used to spend, when I first moved to Istanbul uh, 15 years ago, I used to sit in the um, the coffee shops with this one Turkish um, coffee reader and she used to be like, you know, have me come every day. And I was to just sit with the, with the Turkish, you know, you put the cup, you flip it over and you let it cool down and then you turn it over and you pour the rest of it on the plate so you can read the plate and you just look at all the images inside. And then all of a sudden I get taken into this world of that person and I see everything that's going to play out for them, everything that they're creating and, mag- and magistrating in their life. I love Turkish coffee readings. And then one of the things that um, we do in shamanism is we do this thing where we call, it's called word writing. So what we do is we look at a wall and we ask ourselves a question and then we put our finger up and we read the words as they appear on the wall and they start to appear on the wall like one after another. And sometimes when people are working with me, they'll be like, what are you reading? And how are you getting all that information? I'm like, it's all on the walls. It's all on the walls. And one time I was in a situation where I was on a subway with a friend and I all of a sudden I looked up at the subway walls and it said, danger, 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 change car, change car, change car. And it's like red, all these words of danger appeared on the walls of the subway. And I was like, something's wrong. And my friend's like, what's going on? And I was like, something's wrong. And I looked then all of a sudden I looked at this guy and I was like, oh, my, here's my, um, here's my uh, instincts telling me right now, this guy right here that I'm looking at, because why did my eyes dart to him? He's, 
going to cause some kind of problem. I said, something's wrong with him. And then I looked on the walls again and it said, he's carrying a gun, he's carrying a gun, he's carrying a gun, he's carrying a gun. And I told my friend, he's carrying a gun. And my friend didn't believe me. So he went behind him and he saw that the guy had a gun in his pocket and he was holding it and shaking it in his pocket. So we got out of the car and changed. But that happens a lot. Sometimes I'll be walking down the street and I see words or sometimes people will walk past me and I see words coming off of them. Like they're holding on to anger about their mom or they're pain, they have pain in their stomach. It'll like, like these little graph words will come off their body like little little words that come off of them. It's really interesting. And I think the more and more you get into divination, the more and more you can like, um, I love runes because my mom is Norwegian and Russian. So I grew up with like Odin and Freya, you know, and Locke and, and like, um, you know, Lagos and, you know, uh, Loki, you know, in this, this runic way. So I'm very much into reading runes like, you know, Yurus and Feyu and Dalkus and, runes, I see them in trees. I see them on the walls. I see them in different places. So sometimes all of a sudden I'll be walking down a street and I see like a, a you know, like a, someone does like spray painting and I'll see a rune inside the spray painting, like from the way the lines are and everything. So it's really uh, beautiful. I love that. I love the words. I was just in Iceland, by the way. And there's a I lot of runes. I live there. I still oh, live in Reykjavik. It's my new favorite place right now. Have, uh, did you learn some Icelandic? We, we I, call, you know, we call Iceland, <laughs> we call it Eastland. Because Iceland is what they thought it was called, but it's really called Eastland. It means God's country. I know there's a rune, Isa. That was wasn't there long enough to master the language. It's, Beautiful, it's challenging, but I I loved it there in the air. I was so charged. It definitely oh, it I have a resonance there. Go magical to Iceland, place. and it's such a polite, wonderful people. Yes. And I just um, is it's cold, but it's so warm. And but. You know what you were saying too, that these divinations start, you know, and for those of you listening, just start exploring ones because you'll be amazed where, what doors that'll open up. When I was taught as somebody who only taught in secret, here was the main teaching and reading cards. Just pretend like cards or where any divination, so much will start to come out. Just pretend like you're a little kid without any blocks and just open it up. So when I first started, I always pretend I was a little girl. I don't know that for me, I just resonated with, with that and being like a little girl and I, I opened it up and I look at everything and I start to tell a story and you will see the writing on the walls. So much of Kabbalah is that there is a secret language always like speaking and communicating with us. It's unfolding itself and whether you see a rune in a tree for me, I utilize certain languages because I know Hebrew letters and I'm going to look for numbers and astrology signs. Those are just some of the language that I'm taught to that it comes through. But um, be open. Be open to that secret language that is always unfolding. There's a message there. And again, you can use it on such a practical level, just like the train situation with you. It's it's very powerful. And just love it. I, I think it's amazing. I for for um for tarot, when I was a kid, uh, a friend of mine, my friend Jackie, she's an amazing woman. She gave me these tarot cards, and the way I, I laid them out and I looked at them, and I was like, in order for me to understand any of these things, I have to go into their world. So I would go into the world of the pentacles. I'd go into the world of the staffs. I'd go into the world of the cups and learn about the king. I would go meet the king and hang out with the king and hang out with the queen, hang out with the page, hang out with all of them and figure out their personality and like learn about, 
oh, this is interesting how you think, you know? And then my sister's like, oh, what do you think that means? And I'm like, this is what this means because I spent time with them. So I'm very much, I'm a very fairy tale type kid, you know? I'm very much um, the kid who goes past the looking glass, you know? I'm the, I, I think that's why my grandmother chose me because I was the kid that was telling my mom when I was a little boy, like, you know, I used to be able to make these things change with my mind. My mom goes, oh, you did? And I'm like, yeah. I go, I could change the wall and make it something different or make a field of grass in front of me. That's what we did in heaven. You know, we built our own worlds. And she's like, oh, you know. And so I can see, you know, how easy for me, everything's like going into a story. I always look at things and I like even, even like, like there's a mirror right here in my hotel room. I literally see behind that mirror and I see like images and faces and spirits and things. And, you know, and then one day I was meeting this in England. I met this woman. She's a very old witch. She comes from a long line of witches in Yorkshire. And she told me, oh, you're doing this thing called skyring. And I was like, what's skyring? And she's like, skyring is that you can look into a mirror. And she goes, what we usually we do is we paint it black on the backside of it. And you're actually seeing images of people and you can actually see. And that's where the whole um, mirror, mirror on the wall, who was the prettiest of them all. Yep. And she was actually skyring, you know, and connecting with that part of herself in the mirror that was talking to her. It's really interesting. Yeah, you'll see those too. Sometimes they're polished onyx and things like that. Um, I Just everything you're saying, the way you do it, I'm just resonating so much because even me as, as a child, I'm like, oh, these, these are all the things that were opening up. And, and a key thing too, learning divination becomes not even for the, hey, should I do this? Should I do that? That's like the side effect. The real effect is that it is it produces and helps open us up and it removes restrictions. And we live in an upbringing in so much of our society and in this world that tells us we can't, we're restricted, you should do it this way, you have to have this kind of job, who are you, what are your kids, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, so I use divination really as a tool for opening up and clearing those blocks for me to just advance my life on so many levels. I and love it. I love it. How can how can people get in touch with you? How can they have a session with you? How can they... Yeah, I mean, can you um, give sure. us... Sure, yeah. So it's Remington Donovan. And I have a website, RemingtonDonovan.com, D-O-N-O-V-A-N. And can, you, can you spell that whole yeah, thing out for uh, everyone? Yeah, it is a long name. Uh, Remington, R-E-M-I-N-G... T-O-N, uh, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, Remington Donovan. And my website's remingtondonovan.com. And I have to say, I love my uh, Instagram. because so I, I. I pull, um, and I do stock yours, just so you know. And my I'm girlfriend a, I'm a, I'm a is always stalker. playing your, um, your, I hear your voice <laughs> a lot in my house now. But she can't <laughs> wait to meet you later this week. But um, the uh, my Instagram is called The Mystical Arts. Um, or at the mystical arts. And if you just look, you know, Remington Donovan through Instagram, it'll come up and I do a service. I pick a card every single day and I use it as a tool of just getting teachings and, and my tradition of, of the magical and um, yoga Kundalini yoga. So I'm just sharing myself with it. And um, 
this has been a great honor and I'm just so in love with, with meeting you and being with you totally in love with you. And I just, I'm like buzzing this whole time of like that similarity and those quote unquote <laughs> coincidences. And you know, the letter Aleph, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, I, I, le- I lived in Israel. I um, learned Hebrew and I studied a lot. And also in, um, wasn't the Kabbalah also from the book of Gilgamesh? There's pro. I can't speak on that. Uh, I was probably because uh, I guess the, from what I remember is Kabbalah comes from the book of Gilgamesh, which is the ancient book of sorcery or the story of Gilgamesh. But it's a whole other thing. I'm going to bring you back on the show again because I know a lot of people want to hear more, and I want to dive even deeper. Oh, I want to get to. deeper into magic, deeper into everything, into the mystical arts, and really get into that space. And just for everyone to know, it's at the mystical arts, and that's T H. E-M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-L-A-R-T-S. And that's on um, Instagram. And so, you know, check out his amazing um, Instagram page. It's so beautiful and so colorful and has really cool, unique images and things that just make you want to dive in and be like, what is that? So definitely check that out and um, get into everything that he's about. So I'm really happy to have you on the show as well. Uh, It's been the greatest honor. (laughs) And we're both speaking at this festival. Yes, the Rama Rama Festival. Thank you, Guru Jagat, for bringing us together thank you if you're near spain come out uh it starts this evening in mallorca this this podcast will be later so they it will be oh yeah never mind forget it (laughs) anyhow i'm telling you your future you now back and i'm time traveling we're on the astral so we'll see you there yeah exactly (laughs) it was great seeing you yeah it was great go go through the spirit stargate and you can actually join us in the spirit in the spirit plane we're with you so um i love you all so much And thank you so much for being with us, Ramin. Thank you, Satnam. Wow, wow, wow. What an amazing, amazing, breathtaking, loving, nurturing, eye-opening, expounding on so many beautiful topics to really get us into that space of devotion, recognizing the beauty and energy of really being um, in this place of preservation of who do we actually put our energies with and, and the type of people we put our energies with and really opening up that conversation of love on planet Earth, which Remington so lovingly um, spoke about to all of us, to really connect with people and really have that relationship is so important at this time right now in our evolution. And if you're remembering everything that he talked about, which is really understanding where we are right now in this 11th place that he that he spoke of, this 11th place, which is about us really coming together and really like kind of lifting these higher these higher energies, these higher frequencies, and just coming into a greater understanding. And he said. We are doing it. And you know what, tribe? We are doing it. And so if any of you have felt doubt or or that, you know, you're looking and getting caught up in things in nature of what you see on television and the news and stuff like that, like just wash that stuff out of there and know that that all of that is distractions because remember, the darkness gets more seen when the light is winning. And so the light is winning. So we are team winning. So I love you all so much. You can check me out at Shaman Durek on Instagram. 
And you can also um, also get in touch with my master's class that I did with Sahara Rose, which is amazing. If you're about leadership and you're about stepping into your leadership and you're ready to join us leaders on this amazing path of light into the darkness to liberate our brothers and sisters in the, in the shadow world, then you've got to take the master's class and really just load up on being you and really recognizing you as a leader and as a teacher in, in every field that you're in. It's for everyone. So check that out. You can find that on my Instagram page. And if you want to study shamanism and get into that groove with me, go to my um, website, sign up on my newsletter and see what kind of workshops and things I'll be teaching. I love you all so much and I can't wait. And you know what? I'm actually thought in this time, you know how I say uh, to the show, I'm going to change show to share. So thank you for being on this share. And I love you so much. Have a wonderful now and celebrate your life. Bye.